I still haven't figured out why it sounds echoey to me. I'm recording today, which is Tuesday, June 18th. It's about 2 p.m. here in California, Los Angeles. I'm in my apartment once again, recording on Logic Pro X which is an upgraded version of the one I'm used to recording on, and I still haven't figured out the voice presets. I'm using one called Narration, so it shouldn't sound echoey. Echo, echo, echo. Well, whatever. I just got to get through this, y'all. Um, well, I would uh, plug my upcoming appearance on Drunk History, but it's tonight. And so by the time this drops, uh, it will be out there. You can probably find it on the Comedy Central website. The new season of Drunk History starts tonight. So I think it'll be up on their website. Or if you have cable, I don't have cable anymore. I just use everything on Apple TV and the internet. But if you have cable, I'm sure Comedy Central will rerun the hell out of it. So keep a lookout. Some great people on tonight's episode. It's myself. Not that I'm great. but (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Sorry. I'm still coughing because I haven't tried the, the, uh, what do you call it? The Montelukas sod, sod, whatever it's called. I think I'm going to start it this week, though. I'm actually kind of excited. But, um, yeah, tonight's episode of Drunk History, I'm in one of the episodes. Colin Hanks is in another episode. Taryn Killam is in another episode. Um, Sarah Rue. That's uh, funny. I've done like three or four episodes of Drunk History, and I think this is my favorite one, the one that airs tonight. It's about a guy named Phineas Cage. No, Phineas Gage. I should just, I could talk about this dude's story on this podcast because it is medical related. There was a guy in, I think, the 1800s. I think it was the 1800s. He was working on a railroad crew, they were laying railroad tracks. And he was using this big metal pole, like a metal rod, to pack down some uh, gunpowder because they were blasting away some rocks. (laughs) And the gunpowder exploded and shot the metal rod, which was probably like, you know, it was two inches in diameter. It was big. It wasn't like a thin little nail. Went up through his cheekbone, up through his cheek, right under his left eye, and then out the top of his head. Like this gigantic, like, four-foot rod. And um, and he was fine. Oh, God. You hear that? That's my uh, water heater. I hate that noise. 
But anyway, yeah, fin- look him up, Phineas Gage, or watch this uh, Comedy Central Drunk History episode. I, I played Phineas Gage. <clears throat> but this pole went right through his freaking head, like in his face and out the top of his head. And it didn't kill him. I don't even think it knocked him unconscious. Uh, he went to the hospital and I'm <laughs> just like, fuck, this guy should be dead. Um, but he famously uh, is studied in like, I believe it's psychology classes. Uh, the way that the, due to this accident, it, completely even though it didn't injure him physically other than like fucked up his it, it destroyed his left eye and left a hole in his head which eventually filled in but other than that it really psychologically changed him like his it changed his personality and that's why they study him in like psychology classes um because it damaged a part of his brain that totally made him go from like a mild-mannered dude to just this like come on let's go out and get laid you guys let's get some drinks like just a crazy animal (laughs) so that's the episode i'm in uh tonight of uh drunk history and i'm still on episodes of american princess you can get them on iTunes or if, again, if you have cable, you can watch uh, Lifetime Network Sunday nights. I think uh, this last episode was four. I think that was my biggest episode was episode four, this last one. It was a good one. show I think is doing well. It's, it's funny. Based on my friend Jamie's actual life uh, working and living at a Renaissance fair. That is so crazy to me. Drinking an iced coffee. I'm really about to start back on keto and going to the gym. Um, so I'm really just going to town and eating junk because I know that in the next couple days it's going to end. Uh, so let's update. I think the last episode I mentioned that I had gotten my tooth pulled out finally after like a year or so of putting it off. Um, my, I think it's called the number two molar because it's made out of human shit. <laughs> Just kidding. But I do think it is called the number two. Like they give, they give your teeth names. So like the doctors know which tooth to... Oh, it's the number 11, and they know which tooth to look at. There was my upper molar in the very back on the right, on my right side. Um, and I, as you know, I had a, um, a root canal, and I neglected to get my permanent crown put on because I was waiting until the new year to, um, until my, dental insurance reset and I had more money and um, in the time that I had waited the tooth had just deteriorated and lost the, the temporary crown so it was just a whole mess and they're like we have no choice but to pull that tooth out we'll probably have to do a bone graft to grow new bone where the tooth was so that we can do an, a dental implant basically a fake tooth back there and I believe the last episode I was talking about having it out and I had the tooth out 
a week ago from this past Friday, a week before this past Friday. So I think I recorded the podcast, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like four days after um, I'd had the tooth pulled. And my biggest worry was getting a dry socket. And when I had talked to you guys on day four or five, I still had no dry socket. Um, you know, it was, I was, that was right in like the danger zone. Usually it's like four or five days in when you can get a dry socket. Um, still no dry socket. I think I, I definitely am in the clear. Uh, this past Thursday I went, no, no. Yes. Last Thursday I went in and had a, uh, follow-up appointment with my doctor she said everything looked great. She took the stitches out, which was weird because they don't uh, numb you for that. They just uh, go in, they cut the sutures, and then get this little pincher thing and just pull them out right through your gums. It kind of tickle. It kind of hurts, but kind of tickles more. And there's a tiny little bit of blood because it's going out of your gums. Um, but she did that. It took just a couple minutes. She said the bone graft looked like it took and everything looked great. Um, I've got my tongue tongue back there right now. It feels weird. This is just like this extra stretch of gum where there used to be a tooth, but it's also like a crater in there. It's filling in slowly, but it has to heal from the inside out, obviously. It doesn't heal on the top and then fill in. So it's just slowly going to fill back in. Uh, yeah, it feels weird. I have to constantly rinse it out because when I eat, food will get stuck in there, even though I'm not eating eating on that side of my mouth because there's still some tenderness. Like, I, I can't chew on that side. Uh, it feels weird brushing over there. But, yeah, that was uh, that's where I'm at now. I guess I just wait. Um until the bone graft is taken full effect and is strong. And then uh, probably the beginning of... Sorry, I'm tired. Beginning of next year, I'll get a, a new tooth put in there. Um, God, I'm glad I got this out of the way. What a, what a stupid thing for me to put off for so long. Just really putting my health at risk, you know, risking infections and stuff doing that. But what are you going to do? And then tomorrow, Wednesday, 10 a.m., I'm going in and having two fillings uh, put in. Because when I was in there last week for my follow-up and having the stitches taken out, she's like, all right, um... Well, we'll make some appointments to get the other stuff done. I was like, let's just start right now. I go, I don't want to put shit off anymore. Let me. And I go, here's what I ideally want to have done. Because there's another tooth. It was an old root canal that this was from years ago. And it was on the bottom. It's a molar on the bottom left side. I don't know. I had a root canal the day after Thanksgiving, like it was an emergency root canal. Like it just started hurting on Thanksgiving. I couldn't eat. Oh, I was so bummed. I got to Thanksgiving dinner and my tooth hurt so bad. I was in absolute hell. And, uh, it was a long weekend. This was a Thursday and it's like, Oh my God, every dentist is out of town for the weekend. And I didn't know what to do. 
And I actually found a dentist who was like, it wasn't, I don't think it was Thursday or Friday that they could see me. But that weekend I went into this dentist in Culver City and she like did a root canal. It was amazing. She was terrific. And then uh, they were putting on the temporary and I was like, let me be honest. I don't have a lot. I, I don't even think I had dental insurance at the time. I was like, let me be honest. I don't have a lot of money. Hopefully, you know, I've been working a lot this year, so hopefully in January my uh, SAG insurance will have kicked in. She's like, well, then I'm going to give you a really solid temporary crown. Like, she's like, I'm going to really fill everything in. And it looks weird. It's not like a white, you know, crown. It doesn't look like tooth. It just looks like silver or like, like almost... But it's not shiny silver. It's just this gray, just cap on my tooth. Like she really covered everything up. And this has been a few years, and I've just left it. Like I have not touched this tooth or done anything to it. There's no pain. There's no infection. It's just there. Um, I, my doctor says I will most likely have to have the tooth pulled, but it's not even 100%. But... Last week, she's like, all right, let's uh, figure out, you know, we got to do a deep cleaning on your gums. Um, cause I have some periodontal gum issues that I need to fix. And she's like, and, you know, we do have cavities, like three or four cavities that I have to fill. And so when I was leaving last week, I was like, let me start making appointments. I want to start with cavities because I don't want any more root canals. I don't want any more tooth extractions. I want to be as preventative as I can. I'm going to come in now regularly, you know, whatever it is, once or twice a year, and get cleanings. I don't want to have to deal with this shit anymore. Um, this was ridiculous and my own fault. So I go above the deep cleanings, above the cleanings, above this other tooth that we have to deal with. I go, let's start with the fillings because that's where the root canal issues start. You get a cavity and let it go too long and the cavity gets bigger and gets deeper. And then it eventually gets to the root of your tooth and infects it. And then you're fucked. You have to get a root canal. So I was just like, let's start next week. So tomorrow I'm going in and having two cavities done. Uh, and I'm actually excited to do it. I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I feel optimistic and like kind of excited that I'm taking care of shit and I got to ride this high while I still have it, and, you know, before I get depressed and, and just go back to the old, I don't want to do it this week. We'll just, uh, we'll just do it next week. I don't want I want to get, I don't want to get to that point again. And if I do, I want to have the majority of this shit taken care of. So we're taking care of the two more critical cavities next week. And then who knows, probably the week after that, I'll do the other cavity or two, whatever it is. Um, so that's, that's where I am with my mouth. My doctor again said she'd do the podcast. I just gotta, I just gotta follow up and make that happen. Um, so there's that. Now what I really want to talk about Oh my God, is my weekend on Catalina Island for my friend Sean's wedding. 
Oh my God, you guys. I can't even, I don't even know where to start with this. I, I know I mentioned that I was going to a wedding. I was a little concerned about seasickness because as, as you all know, a couple things. I have vertigo, which is an inner ear disturbance. And so a lot of my problems are motion generated, like on a plane or on a boat, which I hadn't been on in a long time. So I was very nervous about seasickness and maybe I'll get uh, some Dramamine or those uh, wristbands that you wear with a little bead in them that pushes on a pressure point in your wrists. It's the pressure point for nausea. Or maybe I'll get some of those ear patches. So regardless, I was super nervous about just taking an hour long boat ride. It's not even really a, well, it is a boat. (laughs) By all, by all definitions, it is a boat, but it's, it's a ferry. It's not like you're taking a cruise or something. It's like you go to this harbor, 250 people pile onto a boat and it just ferries you over. And it's such a short distance and it's so cheap that tons of people go over to Catalina just for the day. So you're just on a packed boat. It's not one of those ferries though, where you can take your car on, which I think is really cool. It's just this big, you know, it's just cattle. We're just cattle going over to Catalina. So I was really worried about that, um, getting seasick. And um, that was, and it's because of my vertigo, but also, you know, you know, if you're a listener, that I, my biggest fear in the world is throwing up. So not only am I worried about my vertigo, I'm worried about my vertigo and inner ear issue causing seasickness that's going to make me throw up. So when I took my mom to the doctor a few days before my trip to Catalina, she managed to talk her doctor into writing me a prescription for scopolamine, scopolamine or scopolamine. Those ear patches, you put it behind your patch, you put it behind your patch, you put this little patch behind your ears on the soft tissue right in front of the bone behind your ear, and uh, it's got some medication that soaks in and uh, just keeps you balanced and keeps you from getting seasick. My mom sweared by them when I was younger, and we used to go to Catalina a lot. My mom sweared by these patches. She's like, they work great. She's like, we'll get the doctor to write a prescription. So I should have known there was a problem when my mom's like, hey, can you give Steve a prescription? He's going to Catalina, doesn't want to get seasick. Can you give him a prescription for the scopolamine? And his reaction was weird. It was like, oh, they still, that's, you still need a prescription for those? That's weird. He's like, okay. And so he like went to his computer and looked it up and then wrote out a prescription. It was on a Monday. This was actually last Monday. And um, so the next day, Tuesday, when I come back to LA, I uh, drop off my prescription at CVS in the drive-thru. They're like, hey, uh, when do you want to pick these up? I was like, oh, maybe tonight or tomorrow, Wednesday. I'm in no hurry. I just have to have them before Friday. They're like, okay. And usually when I drop off prescriptions, when they are ready, I get a text message. Like it's all the time. 
And I never really noticed this until afterwards, but I never got a text message from them. So Wednesday comes, I'm talking on the phone to my mother and she's like, Hey, did you get your ear patches? I go, Oh, I dropped them off. I, thanks for reminding me. I'll go back and pick them up today or forgot Thursday. Finally, it's the day before I'm supposed to go on this boat ride. I'm a little bit nervous. End of the day, Thursday, I go in, I drive up to the drive through at CVS <laughs> and uh, they're like picking up or dropping off. I go, I'm picking up. They're like, what are you picking up? What's your name? Date of birth. I tell them and uh, the guys looking on the computer. He's like, we don't have a prescription for you. I was like, that's weird because I definitely dropped off a prescription on Tuesday, three days ago. They said it would be ready at the end of the day on Tuesday. And he's looking, he's like, oh, it's for those ear patches, huh? I go, yeah, yeah, that's the, I need those for a boat trip tomorrow. And he goes, yeah, they don't make those anymore. <laughs> my just heart sank and I just got, real, my heartbeat started pounding and I was like, oh God, I'm getting on this boat tomorrow and now I don't have this shit. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't have, I, I, I don't know why I should look that up right now, but, um, apparently whatever he prescribed, I know they still make ear patches cause I've saw people wearing them, but I don't, th whatever he prescribed, which was what my mom told him to prescribe me, they don't make anymore. So, uh, I went into the drugstore and, um, into the pharmacy and, um, in like the section for like earplugs and eardrops and eye drops, that section, they had these wristbands, these like, they, yeah, they look like wristbands you'd wear to like play sports, tennis or something. But like right in the middle, there's a little bead, it's like the size of a ball bearing and the wristbands are pretty tight because it has to push the, the bead down on your, the, the pressure point in the middle of your wrist. That is a pressure point apparently for nausea. They use these patches after people have surgery because anesthesia makes you nauseous sometimes. And so I got those and I, I went home and immediately was looking online and I was like, oh, what, what's the deal with these? Do they work? I'm, I'm, I got to look up reviews and... They had so-so reviews. A lot of people were like, yeah, these are good for mild seasickness. But if you're in like big waves and stuff, it might not help. So I was just like, oh. Then I just started checking the weather and like, whoa, what's the waves like? What's the waves like? <laughs> uh, what's the waves like? Here's our title. Um, I can't find my notes. Cool, Steve. I'll write it down here. Um, so I, I was really nervous. And so, uh, all night I couldn't sleep. There we go. All night I couldn't sleep because I was so nervous and I was on the first boat out in the morning out of San Pedro, which means it was an eight thirty 
ferry ride to the island, 8.30 a.m. And I picked that one because generally the waves are, the swells are smaller and the water's smoother in the morning. Usually towards the afternoon is when wind picks up and things and the waves get blown out and the, just the water's more choppy, at least with my experience in the past. And that's why I booked the first boat out in the morning. <laughs> And so I get, in order to get down there, and this is not a close by destination, the the ferry. And and so I had to get up at 6 a.m. And I fell asleep around 3 a.m. And I think I even woke up at one point to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, at this point, running on three hours of sleep when I go down there, which is just a disaster. So I go down and I get on this boat and I'm really tired. So tired, though, that I barely even am aware of the waves. And and it was pretty smooth, I got to admit. And, um, yeah, it was smooth water, but it's still the ocean. So it's not like glass, like on a lake. There's still swells, and the boat is swaying. And if I had, like, tried to read a book or something, I most definitely would have gotten motion sickness. But... You know, they say to look at the horizon line because that stays flat and um, it really helps. And it did. I was a little like off put by the the swaying, but I was totally fine. So I thought. (laughs) Mm. Delicious. And so I, I get to the island and it's only an hour ride, so it's not even that bad. Um and I get there and I check. Oh, I didn't even check into my hotel. I go and they're like, I just wanted to get on an early boat and get this over with. So I get there and the hotel's like, you can't check in until two. And it is now like 10 a.m. So I'm just like, well, can I leave my suitcase behind the desk? And they're like, yeah. And so I just took off with my camera bag. You can see I posted some photos from Catalina and the wedding and stuff on my Instagram at Steve Agee. But I go out and I'm walking around and the clouds have finally broken up and it's sunny and I am not using any sunscreen. Oh, that's it. It wasn't even super sunny. It was just that it was a little hazy. So I I just didn't even think to put on the sunscreen, which as we all know, the UV rays still go through the, the, the marine layer and everything. So I'm out walking around taking photos. My friend Mike, who's there for the wedding, calls me. He's like, are you here yet? And I'm like, yeah. So we start walking around, and I'm just like out all day in the sun. And um, then my friend James, we run into him, and he's like, hey, let's go, guys, let's get an early dinner. And so it's like four. We go to this like place, and I get fish and chips. And I'm honestly not a fish eater. I'm not a seafood guy. I find most fish just taste fishy. Um, it's fascinating to me how people can eat like salmon and trout and just most fish. And to me, it all tastes really fishy and gross. I can eat like white fish type stuff or fish and chips, which is what I got at this restaurant. I was like, okay, I'm going to get some fish and chips. And, um, because it, it was just a restaurant that only served seafood. And it was like right on the water. So we're sitting out there. 
having a really good time. Great conversation, me and Mike and James and uh, his, his girlfriend, Jen. And then uh, we finish eating, and I am super goddamn tired at this point. I'm like, you guys, I have to go back to my hotel and take a nap. I'm running on three hours of sleep, and it's really starting to hit me. And so I go back to my hotel room, and I lay down in bed. And if you've been listening since the beginning, you've you've heard Busy and I talk about something called disembarkment syndrome. There's also a French name for it, which is like mal disembarkment or something, which is the sensation that you're still moving even after you get off a boat or a plane or out of a car. Usually it's when you're, <clears throat> Jesus, if, if you're on a longer trip, like if I'm on a really long plane ride and it's kind of turbulent, I've had many times where I get to my hotel and I, if I'll sit down in a chair, just solid, just sitting there, I will still feel like I'm in a plane that's moving. It's for those of you who have never had this congratulations, because it's really, it's, and it's not a nauseous feeling. It doesn't make you feel nauseous. Like it's not like motion sickness. It's just, it just feels like you're moving. And I remember the first time it happened was when I, I flew to New York, um, for a comedy festival. No, I, I, yeah, it was for a comedy festival, but I stayed at my friend Missy's apartment, um, near Times Square. And I just gotten off, like it was like a five hour flight and I put my stuff down in their spare room and we're sitting in their living room and this is in a high rise. We're like a couple hundred feet above the ground. Like we're like, you know, I'm like the 20th floor of this building. Like we're way up there. I'm sitting on their couch and we're talking and I keep feeling like if you've ever been in a building, one of those weird, like kind of like poorly built buildings and a truck drives by and you can feel the vibration. I kept feeling that. And I was like, do you guys feel that? I go, what is that? Is that trucks going by or, or like a subway underground? Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I can feel the couch shaking and they're like my friend sits down she's like I don't feel anything and so this was the first experience and then when I went to bed that night I felt the floor shaking I was like this is really weird it's just a really unsettling feeling so anyway I go to my room my hotel room and I lay down on the bed and sure enough I have disembarkment syndrome some people call it sea legs whatever you want to call it Actually, they're two different things. Mal disembarkment is a thing that's a little more serious. It lasts longer. So it might not have been mal disembarkment. It might have been sea legs. But whatever it was, I am laying in my bed. And as soon as I close my eyes, it feels like the bed is swaying. Like just a gentle sway on, on the ocean. Like I'm on a cruise ship or something and there's like heavy waves. And, and I was just like, fuck no. And it was making it really hard for me to sleep. And I was so tired. And finally, I found a position to lay in, which was like kind of propped up a little bit, but not too much. And like half, like three quarters turned onto my side. And uh, I managed to just kind of, uh, sorry, I just burped, kind of sleep off and on. Oh, shit. Hold on. 
uh, I have to pause this for one second. And now I'm back. Um, so I'm sleeping like off and on. And um, it's just not a good solid sleep. Finally, after about an hour, I, I go to sit up. And the room is fucking spinning. I have full-blown vertigo. And I have to kind of lay back into my original position because that's usually the only thing that will stop me from feeling like I'm spinning is going back to where I was just before it happened. So I get back in my original position and I'm fine. I still feel like the bed is moving, but the room's not spinning at this point. And so when I get vertigo like that, where it's like the room is actually spinning, I have to slowly, I want to get up because at this point I also have to go to the bathroom, but I can't stand. So I have to, over a period of like 15, 20 minutes, just slowly sit up. Like I put another pillow behind me and just inch up slowly, slowly, and as my body gets used to it. And then finally I'm sitting up straight. And... If I'm sitting up straight, looking straight ahead, I'm okay. I still feel a little lightheaded. But if the second I try and like look down at my feet or look up at the ceiling, I get the, the spins again. So I get up, I go to the bathroom, just looking straight ahead the whole time. Then I go sit in a chair on the other side of the room because I don't want to lay back down. And I'm just fucked. I am fucked. I am depressed now. I'm scared because I'm like, I'm not in my fucking apartment. There's nothing worse than getting sick or having something fucked up happen to you when you're on vacation, when you're in a place where you don't know your surroundings for the most part. Um, So I'm now just panicking and dizzy and... It also just starts to hit me that, oh, I have not had any water today. This is a full-on result of dehydration. I just start doing the math. I'm like, I've been walking around in the sun. It really was a perfect storm of everything. It was, I was walking around in the sun, had maybe a couple sips of water before I got on the boat in the morning, um, was walking around in the sun, had only three hours sleep, which... I feel like if I had been better rested, this probably wouldn't have happened. But it's the exhaustion. It's the lack of water. And um, who knows what. It's just the sun. And so I'm like, I got to start drinking water. And so I just, luckily I had a bottle of water in my bag. Pull it out and I just start chugging. And finally my friends, who a lot of friends at the wedding, who, who are texting me. Hey man, are you coming to this party tonight? Where you want to meet up and walk over there together? And I, I'm just, I immediately, once I get vertigo on this kind of level, I resign to the fact that I'm fucked for the rest of the night. And so I cancel all plans. So I'm texting people going, I cannot make it. And it's, for me, it's just second nature at this point. There was a period in time where I would have been super embarrassed. And making up excuses like, oh, I got a, there's an emergency at home. So I'm, I'm kind of on the phone. I can't, I'll, I'll try and make it, but uh, go on without me. At this point, it's just such second nature that I'm like, nope, I have full on vertigo. You guys, I think I'm dehydrated. I had no water and no sleep and it has all come together in a perfect storm and it's fucked me. I go, I'm done for the night. Have fun. 
and it's not, I'm not embarrassed by it. It's purely my fault. Um, so different people are texting me going, Hey, I heard you're not feeling good. Are you okay? And I'm just like, yep, this happens to me once in a while. Enjoy your evening. I just need to hydrate and, um, sleep it off, which is true. And so I started just drinking a ton of water and I wasn't really noticing a lot of change in the way I was feeling. And so I started getting really scared at one point. I was like, this is fucked. I, I would actually like to sleep some more, but I'm afraid to lay back down because then getting up can be a whole issue for me. And when I start getting scared like that about health stuff, and I've had this in the past, like if I smoke too much pot and I get really paranoid, I just want to talk to somebody. I need somebody to talk me down and just keep me preoccupied with conversation. And But at this point, all my friends are at this party, so I can't talk to anyone. I'm like... And I'm not going to call my mom. I don't want her to worry. So family is out of the question. I don't want my family fucking worrying about me. So I, my friend Ken, who, who's great, and I, but I don't know that well. I mean, we're friendly. I've done his podcast. We've met a few times. Uh, he's been he's called me a few times, and I ha- I owed him a return phone call. So I was just like, fuck it. Ken's going to be on the receiving end of this. <laughs> of my neurosis and my uh, paranoia and my fear right now. So I call Ken and I immediately right off the bat, I'm just taking, taking care of the return phone call part in the business of like, yeah, I'm going to be coming out. I want to do this uh, convention that you're working with. And, and, and then he's just like, so what else is new? And I just unload. I'm like, I'm in a hotel room in fucking Catalina Island and I am freaking out and I have fucking dehydration and I was like, I, I'm, you know, I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. I'm in this foreign place and, but I, you know, I'm drinking water and I'm trying to hydrate and luckily he pointed out and I never really even thought about this, even though I kind of always knew this is the case, you know, I was dehydrated and I needed electrolytes and Ken's like, Oh, he's like, you can drink all the water you want now. He's like, but you're depleted of electrolytes. You need more than water. You need like Gatorade or Pedialyte. You need stuff with electrolytes in them. And I was like, oh, that's why I'm not fucking feeling any better right away. I'm like, I've been drinking tons of water for the past hour and feel marginally better. And he told me about his, you know, he was at Disney World and he got dehydrated. It was the same thing. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get some Pedialyte. Luckily, half a block away from my hotel was a Vons supermarket that was open till midnight. And so I'm very gingerly standing up. I have my earbuds in. I don't even think Ken knew I was walking to the store, but I was in the I was in my hospital. I was in my hotel when I was first talking to him. And then, um, uh, you know, as we're talking, I just make my way out the door and I'm just holding the hand railings and I'm walking down 
getting my footing and I'm, I'm okay. As, as long as I'm just still looking straight ahead and, or to the side, it's looking up and down. So like watching my feet is kind of an issue, I'm just a little off balance. And I get to the store and, uh, and then I'm not ready to go in and buy this stuff yet. So there's a bench on the sidewalk out in front of this Vaughn store in Catalina. And I just sit on this bench and I talk to Ken for <laughs> like an hour and a half or two hours. Well, he doesn't even realize he's just talking me down out of a full on fucking panic. And, um, cause in my head I'm going to all the dark places. Like maybe it's a fucking brain tumor that's pushing on something. Like maybe this is more than just dehydration. So I'm st- sitting there and I'm still drinking water and I'm talking to him. And, um, and then I get up and I'm like, Hey man. And I walk into the store. I'm like, Hey, I'm about to pay. I, I just picked up like bananas and, a few bottles of Pedialyte and some other snack stuff. And, uh, I got to pay for this and I'll call you back. So I I buy like a bunch of great Pedialyte. I love Pedialyte by the way. And apparently it's a lot better for you than Gatorade. It's not as salty or, or whatever, or sugary as Gatorade is. Uh, they give it to babies a lot when babies get diarrhea and get dehydrated because of diarrhea or being sick. In fact, the one time I got dehydration was in the emergency room. The doctor was like, you know, we can uh, we can give you an IV with some fluids of everything you need right now. He's like, that's going to be expensive. He's like, you will see that in your bill. And he's like, or you could just leave here and go to the drugstore or a supermarket and get Pedialyte and do the exact same thing. And that's what I did. And ever since, you know, anytime I get dehydrated and I'm super aware of it. I I'll get Pedialyte if I have access to it. But a lot of times in the past, I just drink water, not thinking that, Oh, I'm not getting the electrolytes. So I did that. And I went back out and sat on the bench again. And it actually kind of just felt nice to be outside on a nice summer evening. Um, and just have my friend talking me down and I was just chugging Pedialyte and I ate a banana. And honestly, after chugging that first Pedialyte, by the time I finished that first Pedialyte, I felt noticeably different. Like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So about 11 p.m., I went up to my hotel. Sorry. Went back up to my hotel and... um, uh, finished, I think, another thing of Pedialyte. I had to go to the bathroom like a racehorse. It was crazy. And then um, uh, got off the phone, and then I took a Benadryl. Benadryl for me has been a lifesaver. Um, took a Benadryl and then um, laid down, and I was fine. Fell asleep and then slept for probably 11 hours, 10 or 11 hours. Woke up the next day, next day felt great. Um, so it was, it was definitely dehydration, um, mixed with the lack of sleep. I think, um, that really didn't help, you know, which is why I take Benadryl a lot when, when I get dizzy like this, cause I can sleep shit off. And I think just the rest really helps me. 
Oh, I love Benadryl. Although sometimes when I take a Benadryl, the next day I get what I call a Benadryl hangover where I feel just groggy and like, I know I'm not, don't have vertigo right now, but I'm still a little lightheaded and dizzy just because of the Benadryl, but it's a different kind of dizzy and uh, more like a sleepy dizzy. Is that the title? Sleepy dizzy? That might be, that's better than what the way... What's the waves like? Yeah. Sleepy dizzy. Um, so yeah, and then the next day, everyone was like, well, we really missed you last night. How are you feeling? Hey, man, are you okay? Or people who I didn't inform about my dehydration were coming up to me like, hey, man, uh, Mike said you were sick. Are you okay? <laughs> The crazy thing is, Mike, who my friend Mike, who was also at when we went and ate at this fish place, um, the guy who I'd been walking around for the afternoon with, um, when we were leaving, I wasn't feeling dizzy yet, but we were leaving, and he's like, man, I got to go back to my hotel. I'm feeling really dizzy. And so he was having the same issues as I was, uh, a little more controllable, but he was dizzy as well. And... Um, he said his nap helped a little, but he went to that, you know, uh, rehearsal dinner party and said afterwards he was feeling dizzy again. So he's like, what did we both come in contact with? And I was like, yeah. I think Mike might have been dehydrated, too. Anyways, um, and then the, the wedding that day was great. The, the reception was amazing. There's this big famous building on Catalina Island called the Casino, and I think it used to be an actual casino, but the whole bottom uh, floor now is a movie theater, and this was built in probably like the 20s or 30s, and it's incredible. It's all art deco, and like the paintings, the murals on the ceiling are just insane, and then there's a ballroom at the top. Uh, with like a 360 degree, almost 360 degree of like the ocean and Avalon, the town. And it's the same. It's all art deco. It looks like the, you know, the ballroom from the shining or something. And, uh, that was worth the trip just to, just to hang out in that ballroom. It was really awesome. And, uh, it was a beautiful wedding. Then again, next day I had a, um, first boat out, you know, ticket and I was like I gotta get out of here and uh again earlier it'll be smoother and uh my friend Eve was on the same boat with me Eve who's been on this podcast Eve Dasmalchen Dave's wife um she was on the same boat and um we start to head out it's a little bit rougher than the the f boat I came in on and I'm like f really feeling it I had my little armbands on, but I was just like, and it was super cloudy and gray. So I couldn't really focus on anything on the horizon. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm starting to feel shitty. And then I get up to go get a Coke from the bar. I'm having trouble standing there because the boat is rocking so much. And then I go back and I was like, well, this Coke will settle my stomach, which it did a little bit. But, uh, Eve had taken a uh, Dramamine and uh, 
It's not called non-drow. There's Dramamine, regular Dramamine, which knocks you the fuck out. It's like Benadryl. And then there's Dramamine less drowsy. <laughs> it's not called non-drowsy. It's Dramamine less drowsy. And um, she'd offered it to me before we got on the boat. And I was like, no, nah, I, th- I should be fine. And then, you know, 15 minutes into the boat trip, I was like, hey, can I have one of those pills? And she hands me the bottle. And I look at the ingredients, and like the main ingredient is meclizine, which uh, is, is also some, sometimes called antivert. And it's a thing that is often prescribed actually for vertigo, antivert. Some people take it daily to prevent vertigo. And I have history with antivert. When I first went to see a doctor because of my vertigo, he's like, well, I'll prescribe you some antivert. I didn't know that that was basically Dramamine, but he's like, here's some antivert. And I went home and took it and it gave me vertigo. I don't know if it's a coincidence or it actually caused my vertigo, but I took an antivert and within an hour, the room was spinning. And so I've avoided antivert. And uh, she gave me those pills and I looked at it and I was like, I'm not even going to attempt this right now. I go, sorry. (laughs) Uh, So I just you know, bit the bullet. And we started having a conversation. There was a woman sitting behind us who's like from Catalina. And we were talking about how there are no chain restaurants or there's no Starbucks or anything on the Island. And we just got in this like, you know, conversation with this woman and just the conversation took my mind off the rocking of the boat. Totally felt better. I was fine once I, you know, just engaged in the conversation and kept my mind busy. And, um, yeah, now I'm back and I feel fine. <laughs> I have no plans to get on another fucking boat in the rest of my life. It was so funny when I was leaving Catalina. I was like, you know, my family had a cabin there when I was a little kid. They sold it when I was 14, but I spent many a summer on Catalina Island. And uh, I was always like, yeah, I'll probably go back there. And as I was boarding the boat in my head, I'm like, I am most likely never fucking coming back to this island. (laughs) I'd rather get on a plane and fly somewhere like Hawaii, which also is a nicer island. But like, and if I do go back to Catalina, I will take a uh, a helicopter. Helicopters scare the living shit out of me because there are so many helicopter crashes. It's way less safe (laughs) than in an airplane. You constantly hear of like, especially in the military, there's a lot of military helicopter crashes. Like today in Libya, 15 Marines were killed in a helicopter crash. Like helicopter crashes you hear, I feel like you hear more of than um, uh, plane crashes. So I'm 50 and I've never been on a helicopter, although I was very close to booking one. I was looking into it um, leading up to this wedding, but it didn't happen. However, I, f- I know people that for that wedding did fly out on helicopters and were like, it was great. It took 15 minutes. I was like, oh, you dick. So if I do go back, um, it will be by helicopter. Oh, it's such an, it's a giant island. It's like 28 miles long, eight miles wide at its widest point. But there's really just the one main town, Avalon. There's another one called Two Harbors, but like, 
this is where all the tourists go, and it's tiny. And you really can't experience almost everything there is to do on Catalina in one day, which I noticed a lot of people on the boat had no luggage. And I was like, oh, these people are all just coming out for one day. That's amazing. So there's that. I can't believe I literally just talked a whole hour on um, another episode of dehydration. Guys, drink your water. I say as I take another drink of iced coffee. Hydrate. Hydrate. (laughs) Well, I think that's going to be it, man. Holy cow. We really did it. Um, I'm going to see my dentist tomorrow and I'm going to try and set up a time when we can do the podcast. Hopefully it'll be by next week. That would be rad. And she can tell you all how shitty my teeth and gums are. Oh man. Yeah, I have, I got, I went to breakfast with my friend, Chris, uh, um, there's like food and stuff stuck in my crater, my tooth crater. Oh, it's so weird. Ugh. I try not to think of the fact that I have this hole in my head, but any every now and then my tongue touches it. And I'm like, ugh, gross. It's just a hole in my head. I want it to hurry up and fill in. They're like, yeah, we can't do this uh, bone. Or we can't put in the um, the. Uh, the tooth, the the fake tooth, um, and for like six months, four to six months, we have to wait for that bone graft to take take hold. By the way, my sinuses feel a lot better since this tooth has been out for you know ten days. Not a hundred percent, but noticeably different. For the first, up until a few days ago, I was still noticing some issues, but uh, I think the. Um, the uh, antibiotics finally knocked it out. They gave me a Z-Pack, which you take for five days and then stays in your system another five days. By the way, I didn't talk about this. Let me talk about this really quick. Um, that really fucked up my stomach. I think last time I had talked to you, I had said that, yeah, my stomach was fucked up. And even after I had stopped taking it, because it's still in my system, it was still fucking with me, like really bad stomach problems. Stomach and butt problems, if you know what I mean. Um, I was really relying on my uh, probiotics and charcoal tablets and yogurt, bananas, like just anything I could do to regulate my stomach. But, ugh, I hate antibiotics. And that was just the mild-ass Z-Pack, you know? I'm glad they didn't give me, here, take this for 10 days. I'd still be taking it. Ugh. But, yeah, I'm glad all that's over. Um, I'm happy to be home. It was a beautiful wedding. You can look at my Instagram for pictures. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Although I, I, I will admit that while I was dealing with this and sitting on that fucking bench in front of a Vons, feeling really dizzy, I was in my head, I just kept going, well, 
on the bright side, I'm definitely going to have something to talk about for the next podcast. So there's that. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. And I've stopped posting CDC flu map stuff because it's not updating anymore. I think they're out of the blue. And so they don't during the summer months, if I remember correctly, they don't upgrade, update their flu map. So the last update was May 8th or something like that. May 15th. Some like it's been over a month and they haven't updated it. So you probably won't see me post any more flu map updates until uh, fall. Uh, but that's a good thing. All right. Stay healthy and thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Star Audio, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.